Alrighty, back at it for another kick at the can. It's the Employment Law Show for sure. John Scholes here and joining us uh, this hour, Mackenzie Irwin from San Firu to Markin LLP. You want to reach out to uh, Mackenzie anytime we're not doing the shoe and have a, a conversation of your own. You're always invited to do so. 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. That's the email address we use if we got some time to get a few of those on today. But uh, more importantly, as was just mentioned, we're uh, we're ready to go for you as well. Ways you can be let go without even realizing it. How about that? We'll get to that in just a bit, my friend. But uh, case of the day, week that was, what do you got cooking? Yeah, so I've had a, a pretty interesting week. So a lot of people have been calling in and I had uh, one gentleman call me in particular that was um, quite interesting because... This man, his employer is, is requiring him not to wear a mask at work. So, um, we've, over the pandemic, we've had a lot of calls. We've fielded a lot of calls where people's employers were, were, you know, forcing them to wear a mask at work and they were calling, see, you know, can my employer force me to wear a mask? And so now we're on the other side of this and, and, uh, it's the opposite issue we're dealing with. You know, we're, we're trying to figure out, you know, can my employer force me to take my mask off? And so this man called me and, and um, he's been wearing a mask throughout the pandemic and his, his employers asked him, asked him to take it off. Uh, he wears it because uh, he's immunocompromised and so he's still very much concerned with, with COVID and he just feels feels safer wearing his mask at work. So. It was interesting because he, you know, he doesn't have a public facing role. He's not um, interacting with customers or what have you. He, it was, it was an office position. And, um, for some reason his, his employer is, uh, is, is asking him to take, take his mask off. So obviously now we're in a time where the government, um, they've lifted all of their mask mandates. So according to the government, Masks are not required in order for an employer to provide a safe and healthy workplace. So what does that mean? That basically means that right now employers can, are, they do have the right, they can decide what their employees wear at work. This is similar to uniforms, for example, they get to decide what is and is not appropriate in their workplace. Employers will, you know, they also have the right to ban masks in the workplace, just like they can ban ripped jeans, for example. There's nothing illegal about that, generally speaking, but I want to be, I want to make very clear that there are two main caveats to that. And so if you're an employer out there and you're deciding, okay, you know, we don't want our workforce to be wearing masks if the government has has told us that we don't need to wear masks in public. It's safe to wear ma- uh, to be maskless. Um, employers who are deciding to ban masks, they got to be aware of these these two main uh, main caveats to that. So the first one being, um, is it going to be a human rights violation? Um, if your employee has a doctor's note stating that for medical reasons they need to wear a mask. Employers must accommodate that. They must be permitting that employee to wear the mask at work. It just goes to speak to the power of a medical note. Medical notes, you know, a doctor's note saying that you need to do X or Y, it's very powerful. Um, The medical note doesn't need to be specific. It doesn't need to tell your employer what your medical, medical condition is. 
Um, it just needs to say, you know, for medical reasons, uh, Michael needs to wear uh, a mask at work, and and that's mm. it. And your employer has to has to accommodate that. The other issue that employers need to be aware of if they're going to be making these mask bans um, is they've got to have a policy in place for how to deal with sick employees in the workplace. So um, even though these government mandates are lifted and technically, you know, masks are not required to provide a safe and healthy workplace, employers still have that legal obligation to provide a safe and healthy workplace. So um, you're going to, you're as an employer, you're going to need to make sure that you've got a policy in place that ensures that you're still providing that safe and healthy workplace for your employees. Um, otherwise, you could be looking at possible unsafe uh, work refusals or, um, uh, you know, re work refusals by other employees. So um, you need to know, okay, so here's the policy, you know, we're not, uh, we're, we're, we're banning masking in the workplace, but if your employee shows up to work, you have to have a clear policy that shows, okay, what are we going to do when that employee comes to work sick? You know, depending on the workplace, it could be a variety of, of policies that are appropriate for your workplace. But for example, it, it could be just simply that if you're, if you're not feeling well, our workplace policy is that you cannot come into work. Sure. So, yeah. So two things that employers need to to think about when they're implementing these mask bans. Um, but certainly, uh, generally speaking, employers do have a right to dictate what is and is not appropriate in their workplace in terms of attire. Um, so what did I tell this man? Um, so... <laughs> So certainly, uh, number one, uh, this gentleman just, uh, you know, he, he needs to go to his doctor and get, uh, get that medical note. Um, get a medical note from his doctor stating that he needs to wear a mask in public, you know, for, for medical reasons. Um, the employer is going to have to accommodate that. Um, in, in even if he's not able, let's say, for example, he, his doctor's like, he's not able to get a, a, a medical note. Um, or he doesn't have, he's not immunocompromised, he just feels more comfortable wearing a mask at work. Um, your employer cannot terminate you for cause for, for wearing a mask when, they're when their policy is that you cannot wear a mask, for going against their masking policy. Um, that's not going to be just cause for your termination, but um, like all scenarios, um, your employers can terminate you at any time for any reason, as long as it's not a human rights violation, uh, as long as they're providing you with your proper severance. So if this is an issue that you're dealing with at work, know that, um, you know, that medical note is, is, is so very powerful. Um, and also, you know, if, if this becomes an issue and, and it, it, it rises to the level where your, your employer is terminating you, um, that you are owed your full severance. That could be up to 24 months of pay. And, um, and it's not just cause. So certainly if, if you're getting terminated for just cause, you're going to need to reach out because, um, you know, you're entitled to your severance. And again, uh, in that regard, if it's that or any other topic, as you can tell, uh, Mackenzie's always ready to, uh, to tackle. So uh, feel free to reach out to when the show's done. And beyond that, one eight five five eight two one fifty five hundred. 821 
5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. A lot of things we talk about on the show, by the way, can be found online as well. Before you even make a phone call, there's a free anonymous resource for you called Pocket Employment Lawyer. Ca. We love that uh, particular website and rolled into that. The severance calculator does exactly what the title says. Been used by over 2 million people across the country. So it's uh, it's legit and it's pretty hardcore and really simple to use as well. Again, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Uh, phone calls, 416-870-6400. We had one, but it seemed to drop off. So feel free to call back and you as well have all kinds of time. So Bring it on. But in the meantime, as the, uh, we roll on here with a few minutes to go before uh, a break, McKenzie, let's get into our main topic, ways you can be let go without even realizing it. This, for a lot of people, are, don't even realize this is a thing, but it is. So we'll get into some of the reasons and um, uh, topics of how this happens. Anyway, you're put on an unpaid suspension. This has happened countless times. What do you say about that? Yeah. So these are, these are things, you know, what I wanted to cover is things that are going to, you know, you, you didn't get a termination letter, but these things are, are instances when you, your employer has actually terminated your employment. And so number one is when you've been put on an unpaid suspension. Um, pay is one of the main terms of your employment relationship with your employer. You're going to give services or whatever in exchange for pay. And so if your employer stops your pay, um, that is one of the biggest breaches of, of that, of the terms of employment. And so certainly if you're being put on an unpaid suspension, this is going to be a termination. And, and, uh, uh, if, if, um, if that's something that your employer's done, uh, it's something that you, you really need to reach out, uh, to an employment lawyer for because, uh, this is something that, uh, could give rise to potentially up to up to 24 months of pay. And so when when we're we're dealing with these unpaid suspensions, it's uh it's a bit tricky. Lots of employers think that uh it's something that they're just able to do. Oftentimes they're put, you're put it on an unpaid suspension. Uh for example, maybe um while pending the outcome of a workplace investigation. Um these kinds of sus- of suspensions uh, when they're unpaid can or are are essentially a termination and so it's something that you can assert what we call a constructive dismissal um, and you can pursue your uh, your full severance if that's something that's happened to you again these talking points we're talking about ways you can be let go without even realizing it we'll uh, we'll take a short break get back with lots more a little bit later on the show we'll try to get through a couple email that is help at employmentlawyer.ca we continue with the employment law show hang on coming right back you betcha we are back at it thanks for sticking around through the break plenty of time plenty of open lines for you to call the show right now help at employmentlawyer.ca that email for any time of course you want to reach out to Mackenzie. she's always ready to answer your questions via email the phone line here now or beyond that 1-855-821-5900 and i mentioned it before pocketemploymentlawyer.ca it's a kind of a one-stop shop as far as employment law knowledge is concerned online it's free it's anonymous so check that out when you got a got a moment uh but between all that we're talking about our main topic today which is ways you can be let go without even realizing it. we talked about unsaid uh, unpaid suspensions and one that has been massive uh, mckenzie i guess especially over the last two or three years and that would be the temporary layoff we like to cover this every so often give me some details about it break it down yeah absolutely so temporary layoffs are um are are in nine out of ten uh, instances are actually uh, a termination of your employment so 
Uh, we've talked about it countless times throughout the pandemic and, and even uh, surprisingly following the pan at the, at the other end of the pandemic, we're now, uh, we're still experiencing lots of people calling in who, uh, their employer has, has put them on, on a temporary layoff. And so, um, it's important to note, you know, employers in Ontario don't have a, uh, a flat right to place their employees on temporary layoffs. They need to have, um, very specific language uh, terms in, in your employment contract to permit them to to place you on a temporary layoff. So um, when people call in and uh, and they've been they've been placed on a temporary layoff, um, the vast majority of those people, um, their employer has actually terminated their employment. And so um, that is is a is a constructive dismissal. Um, and you're, uh, you're certainly entitled to, to your full severance when your employer has done that. Temporary layoffs. That's bad. It's been a, a huge topic over the last uh, few years. And th- the key message there as well, Mackenzie, which I know you talked about, is, is the fact that if you've let this thing go, if you've accepted one being you know a team player, good company soldier, and then the next time it irks you, that's going to be a problem if you, if you try to say no, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. And so that's why it's so important for you, for someone to call in, um, speak with someone uh, the first time that your employer has put you on a temporary layoff. And the reason for that is because, yeah, unfortunately, you, you, most people, you know, you want to be a team player, you want to help your employer out. Maybe your employer is going through some tough times and, and uh, you know, you want to help them out. And you, you know, they put you on a temporary layoff once and they call you back to work. Unfortunately, by by not saying anything the first time and by accepting that recall and returning to work, now um, you've effectively, it's called condemnation, and so you've effectively, effectively agreed to have, uh, to change the terms of your employment to incorporate your employer's right to place you on a temporary layoff. And so it's so important the first time that you, you speak with someone because if you don't say anything the first time, uh, when they go to do it a second time, you you may be out of luck, and you may have um, have actually now agreed to change the terms of your employment to include uh, temporary layoffs. We are talking about ways you could be let go without even realizing it. Number three, your employer decides to change some terms of your employment. Maybe they uh, mess with your salary. That's an obvious one, but it could be something like your job duties, uh, change your hours of work, maybe your location. How about those? Yeah, and so yeah, there are some more obvious major changes. If if they're um, docking your pay or they're reducing your hours, those are more obvious. And and absolutely, if they're if they're making those changes, your employer is effectively if if those changes are substantial, um, your employer is is has effectively terminated your employment. But there are some less uh, less obvious ones. For example. Uh, change you mentioned changing your work location that mm-hmm. is something that uh, most pl- most employees don't really think too much about so let's say for example your employer is moving offices and uh, you you've been working I had someone uh, I spoke with someone the other week who was um, she was working from their employer's office in, in downtown um, in downtown Toronto and so um, the employer decides okay you know what uh, commercial rent uh, in downtown Toronto's pretty expensive, so yeah. our lease is up. We're going to move our offices uh, up to uh, a new location in Vaughan. 
And so that change to uh, in location uh, for for the, for this woman was was a substantial change. You know, now she, it used to be a 10, 10 minute, fifteen minute commute on the subway, and now she's looking at up to forty five minutes to an hour to commute to the new location. And so she didn't, you know, she didn't think too much about it, but she said, hmm, you know, maybe I should speak with someone. She gave me a call, and and. You know, most people would just accept that and, you know, oh, that's too bad. I'm going to now be commuting. Right. It's going to add, add two hours to my day. Um, but, but that could be, in, in, in her situation, a substantial change to the terms of her employment. She's now, um, required to, you know, her workday is now two hours longer than it used to be. Mm-hmm. And, and that can be a constructive dismissal as well. And so, it, it, they're not, the changes, if, as long as they're substantial, they're not always quite obvious. You know, the, there's obvious ones like pay and hours. Um, but there's less obvious ones as well. So changes to your work location, change, substantial changes to your job duties, things like that. When your employer is making those changes, um, it's really important, again, that you speak up right away. Um, that you speak with someone, you 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 understand your rights right away. Because let's say you're you you know you let's take the the office relocation. Yeah. Let's say she she starts working there for a month, and um, and she's doing the two hour commute for a month. It you know once you work you continue working under those conditions. The longer that you continue working under those conditions, the better argument you're giving your employer to say, no, 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 you've you've agreed to those changes. Those changes are now part of your new um, terms of your employment. So as far as that's concerned, I mean, pay is a pretty, well, even with pay, I guess, but pay, job location, duties, hours, does the employer have a little bit of wiggle room as far as that's concerned? Like it's not cut and dry, absolutely no changes are allowed. Can they have a little bit of wiggle room, like I said? Absolutely, and so that's why I'm why I'm I, I'm caveat I'm I'm qualifying that with substantial changes. So mm. yeah, you know, a little tweak to um, your let's say your hours here and there. Um, your employer does have a, a you know a, an ability to make sm- smaller changes, um, and there's no hard and fast line on okay, it's exactly this amount uh, you know, of of hour change. Um, it's it's a situation specific, and so um, for each one, it, it, they can make smaller changes. But when those changes become substantial, that's when you're in the constructive dismissal area, and that's when uh, it can it can likely be a termination. And again, you know, if you find yourself in this situation, reach out to Mackenzie. She could be a pretty good uh, barometer whether this is uh, too big a change or one that's going to fit nicely into the uh, the idea of the employer. Again, reaching out one eight five five eight two one. 5,900. And again, it speaks to what we just talked about. If you uh, think that these changes, well, they may be advantageous. This may be something that you're secretly going, this is great. I was hoping they would do this eventually. Or maybe it is a case where it's, you know, added maybe 15, 20 minutes, half hour to your commute. And you're like, you know what, employer, in writing, I'm going to tell you that, uh, you know, I love working here. You're uh, you're a great employer. I'll take this for a spin. I'm not sure if it's going to work with my current lifestyle, but uh, let's give this a try. And uh, we can circle back in a bit and see if it's going to stick. You can do that still, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that is the key there. That if, sure. if there's, if you're, if you're willing to kind of, you know, play ball and, and try it out and see whether it's something that, that is going to be a substantial, substantial change, you got to put it in writing. It's so important for you to put something like that in writing. 
uh, to your employer saying, you know, I'm, I'm not agreeing to this term yet. I'm willing to kind of give it a test drive and see whether, whether this is going to really impact my, you know, my, the terms of my employment. Um, but it's so important that that's been put in writing because otherwise you're going to be, your employer is going to turn around and say, you know, well, come on, you, you've been working under these new conditions at this new location for, for a month now and, and uh, I'm sorry, but but you've now agreed to those terms. Again, lots of time to call in, talk to us, and uh, ask your questions. That's why we're here for the hour, right? And uh, we'll do exactly that. Jim, thanks for standing by for a moment, pal. How are you? Doing well, thank you. How are you? Good, sir. What's uh, what's on your mind? I'm a um, uh, my secondary job. I am a server in a on a restaurant setting, and uh, we've been working there for a few years. And uh, management now wants to introduce tip sharing. Uh, we haven't done it before. I know that it's legal in Ontario, but um, the fact that we, I, the fact that we don't uh, contribute into it as of right now, and something that they want to bring in, I, I view it as a change to the job setting. It is something that they can legally do. So, so uh, your employer can legally make that change. The the the. Um, the difference here is, is that going to, is that make, switching over to tip sharing, is that going to be a substantial change to the terms of your employment? Is that going to be a major cut to, uh, uh, your overall compensation? And so it's, I, I, I don't know whether that, whether you can have a sense of, of whether that's going to cut into your compensation substantially or not, but, um, it may be a situation like we were just discussing where, you uh, you need to put in writing to your employer that okay maybe we're willing to you know give this new tip sharing a a test drive but uh, if this ends up you know substantially reducing my overall tips and my overall compensation then it's not a term that I'm willing to agree to uh, long term or permanently. The fact that you're saying like you know we're willing to try it out isn't it like the like a previous call saying, like, you know, once you're allowing an employer to, to, to do something, you're setting a, a precedent with them? Well, so, yeah, and that's why that's why I'm saying that it's really, really important that you're putting this in writing, that you're not agreeing to this. Um, you're not agreeing to make this change to your compensation, but you're willing to give it a test drive. And if, you know, after two weeks, it's or what, how, whatever um, time period you want to try it out for, but you need to make it very clear and put that to your employer and put that in writing. That email, that letter to your employer is going to be so important because if it turns out that after the testing period that it is, it has substantially cut into your, to your compensation, then you have that, uh, that email to, to look back on and to point to and say, you know, I, I just agreed on the, to this for a temporary period and, you know, it's exactly what I thought. It's, it's really cut my pay in, in half, say, and um, and it's not something that I'm willing to agree to long-term. Can I um, put the terms as to what I view as temporary? Uh, in terms of, like, a timeline? Correct. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can, you're going to want to make sure that it's in writing with them that's saying you're, that you're only agreeing to it for, let's say, two weeks or what have you. After that two-week period, if if they're still forcing the change on you, that could be a constructive dismissal, especially if you have that uh, that email to point back to. And so then I would I would suggest that you reach out and, and we can connect offline and and uh, figure out how to navigate that. Okay, thanks so much. 
My Thank pleasure. you, Jim. Appreciate that uh, going forward. And another thing for uh, for Jim to do, I guess, if he does accept this, he just has to kind of go with it from there. But if he doesn't, I mean, it's constructive dismissal territory. And for guys like Jim, who are, you know, the second gig is as a server, he said, in the, in the uh, hospitality industry, this quite often, based on tips, which is what that whole phone call was about, uh, Mackenzie, the, the income can go up and down. It can ebb and flow with weeks in, weeks out. So if it turned out that this is not acceptable by his measure and you go to get him out of there, how do you base his uh, severance? Do you do an overall average over the last three years or whatever it is? Yeah, absolutely. And and especially with these uh, positions where your your pay is kind of up and down, mm-hmm. um, you're, it, you're, it's not, you know, we're looking back to an average and what your, um, you know, what your overall over the past few years, what your income has been. So um, that's a really important part because if it's just, uh, if you're looking back just a month and that's a, a, a downtime, that's when you typically aren't making as much. Uh, what the courts will do is they're going to look back and see, okay, well, overall, what is, um, what, what did you earn on, on an average over the past three years? And with that, we'll take a, a short break. Jim, thank you so much, pal. You want to reach out to beyond this to have a further discussion. I'm sure you're still listening. one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. But for you, do like Jim did. Get some answers. That's how the show works. It's quick and it's free. We continue with more of the Employment Law Show. Hang in there. And we are back. So far, a uh, fantastic show. Appreciate all of your, uh, your calling in and emailing. Uh, we'll try to get some email a little later in the show. And anytime you want to reach out to Mackenzie Irwin uh, here, of course, in San Fernando, to mark an LLP, ready to take your calls on the other side of the show, one 821 5900 Reach out to that number anytime. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll get back into our topic in uh, just a moment. We always take the phone calls first and always our priority here on air. Dean, thanks for, uh, thanks for calling in. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Good, brother. What's on your mind? Okay. Um, we're... We're uh, seasonal employers. Okay, we are um, in the fruit and vegetable industry, and um, we had one employer that we hired that was helping us in the warehouse, pulling orders. Worked for us for about a year, um, and we we hired him on full time because he was a good employer. And then uh, just got into the season this year, and all of a sudden he didn't show up. Uh, after numerous calls and a number of weeks, we finally were able to reach out to him. Uh, it turned out he had uh, was dealing with an addiction that we were unaware of. And um, we said we were willing to work with him to get through that, however we could help him, because we valued him as an employee. And um, he came in and we said, but well, you do have to contact us if you need time off or anything like that. Just you know, let's keep the lines of communication open. Um, and we said, we're going, you know, we're going to give you the sort of the three strikes and you're, or you're out. Um, and he agreed to that. He signed, you know, on onto that. And, we, you know, now what's happened since then, uh, we've not had any communication. We've not been able to reach out to him. Um, and this has been going on for probably over three months now. And... We're just wondering, what is our recourse? Do we have any? 
Yeah, so um, I, I, it's it's unfortunate. A lot a lot of um, employees are you know suffering from these addiction issues. But yeah. we need what you need to do, and and it sounds like you've started that that you're working with him to help manage him through that. But what you need, what what you should be doing is, uh, first of all, I mean, you can, uh, as your as the his employer, you can send him certain um, uh, addiction resources that he can. Um, there are public resources that he can use. Your as your empl- as his employer, you can send him those resources. Um, in terms of not being able to reach out with him or to communicate with him, uh, you certainly should be um, obtaining some sort of um, uh, medical note or um, medical documentation to support. Um, it sounds like what he needs is perhaps a medical leave of absence to help uh, get the to get the help that he needs. And so, as his employer, you do have a it, it could be a human rights violation if you were to do anything like termination or anything because particularly because you are very aware that um, and he's he's informed you that he's uh, he has this uh, addiction um, it, these addiction issues which are um, a disability and covered under the human rights code. And so as his employer, you do need to accommodate those. Um, So it's certainly, um, you know, there's, uh, you can't terminate him for not showing up to work because you do know that there's a a disability um, reason why he's, um, he's having issues uh, showing up to work. So I think in, uh, it's something that I think we can certainly discuss in more detail and I can help you in terms of writing those correspondence for uh, from the employer to the employee to obtain the proper medical documentation and then to put him on a, um, uh, a uh, perhaps a medical leave in order for him to access benefits that would uh, that would support him while he's uh, dealing with these issues so happy to connect with you offline Dean and give you more uh, more specific uh, documentation that you would be needing but certainly I think the first step here is um, obtaining the proper medical documentation to support him on a medical leave okay because we can't even we can he's not responding to any phone calls um, we don't even know where he's located anymore. He's not at the address he was before, so we have right. no way of reaching out to him. So, and that's what makes it frustrating. Absolutely, and so certainly, I mean, you 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 continue on your efforts to to connect with him. Hopefully, you you know, similar to last time, uh, eventually you are able to connect with him. But as his employer, you can all you can really do is is be there to support him. Um, and once you do make the connection, um, hopefully you can, you're able to obtain the proper uh, documentation to support any kind of medical leave and him accessing benefits that that are available to him. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Dean. Appreciate it, pal. I'm going to give you that number again to reach out to Mackenzie and uh, continue on with that uh, that conversation and uh, dealing with that uh, that issue. You got one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is how you do that and help at employmentlawyer.ca. In the meantime, uh, Mackenzie Dean is well within his rights to bring on uh, temporary or otherwise someone else to fill that job because he does have a business to run. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, and certainly it's 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 something that it, it you'll whoever you do hire on to to fill that that gap, uh, you need to make sure that it is it's not a permanent replacement, and that it is it's temporary, so that when this employee is ready to return to work, 
um, and you do make that connection, uh, you're able to properly accommodate them back. Otherwise, you, you may be looking at uh, a human rights violation there. Ways you could be let go without even realizing, back to this one. And this one, some people might take this as a bit of a break, but it could go sideways. And that is your employer tells you they're kind of transferring some of your job duties to another employee, even if they don't give you a, a, a cut in pay, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. And so that's why, you know, this is, that's why it's, this is under the, without even realizing it. Because sure, yeah, you're, you're not, um, they're not docking your pay. Um, they're not really reducing your hours, but they're saying, oh, you know, Susie, um, we don't want you to be handling this file, these files anymore. We want to, we're going to transfer them over to our, you know, new employee. And, uh, they're taking away a lot of your duties and responsibilities. And so, um, again, it has to be a substantial change. So it's not just a, ma- a matter of, oh, I'm taking one or two um, things away. Um, it has to be, a, you know, those one or two things must be make up a, a substantial portion of your um, of your overall job duties. But any kind of reduction in those um, duties and responsibilities is, again, a, a constructive dismissal and, and uh, it could be, you know, you could consider it a termination. And with that, let's get into our uh, one more break and get to more of those talking points and give you some time as well to make that uh, make that phone call and talk to us. We'd love to get you on here with the remaining time of the show. Coming right back with more of the Employment Law Show. Hang on. And right back at it, uh, Mackenzie Irwin is here, courtesy Sam Firu to Mark and LLP. Reach out to Mackenzie and her team when the uh, show is done. Anytime, right? It's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. That number. Email help at employmentlawyer.ca and the website pocketemploymentlawyer.ca is super helpful as well. And there's more contact info uh, right there. We are talking about ways you can be let go without even realizing it. We've gone through a bunch of these. Mackenzie, next one on the list, and again, people don't realize this, is your employer refuses to let you return to work after an approved leave or an absent and uh, asks you to extend your leave. Yeah, so I mean, this is quite uh, topical. It comes after uh, the call that we just had, but Mm -hmm. certainly, I mean, your employer has a, especially if you've 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 gone off on an approved leave of absence. So whether that's uh, a medical leave or a parental leave, for example, um, and your employer, you know, you're ready to come back to work. Um, Your doctor has approved and said, you know, yes, you're medically approved to go back to work, or um, or you've uh, you've given your your employer notice that that you're ready to come back after a maternity or paternity leave. Um, your employer has to take you back. Those are um, those are job protected leaves, particularly the with the paternity leaves. Those are job protected leaves. They do need to return you back to work. And so your employer doesn't have the right to unilaterally or decide on their own that uh, that that you that you know, sorry, sorry, Mackenzie, we're not ready to have you back yet. Can can you please extend, you know, we need you to extend your leave for another couple months. They, they can't do that. They have to, um, at the time that you're ready to come back, uh, make all reasonable efforts and, and accommodations to make sure that, that you are returned back to work after after those appre- approved leaves, leave of absences. Another way it can be let go without even realizing is the company you're working for now is being sold. Yes, yeah, I'm. I'm getting a lot of these calls recently. There must be a lot of uh, corporate transactions going on on in, in in the city and in Ontario. But lots of people calling me with their employer 
um, oh, my employer is being sold, um, or I just found out that um, we were sold the other week, and and I don't, you know, my the new employer is or the new owner is is asking me to sign a new contract, things like that. So, um, yeah, when when your comp- when the company is being sold, it does, you know, it's a little bit more nuanced, but uh, but generally speaking. Um, the, you know, your, you could be that the seller, ha- that the seller has, has effectively terminated your employment. Um, and you're, you're going to be starting new employment with, with the new, with the purchaser. Um, it's a term that you, you're going to want to pay attention to what's happening if your company is being sold. Um, and you, it, you may want to give us a call because, Often, um, you know, the the purchaser is trying to be sneaky, and they might get you to to sign a new con, or force you to sign a new contract, or um, or or make changes to your job when when they do take over running the company. And it's something that that I've highlighted here as as a red flag that that perhaps you may want to reach out and and um, discuss your situation in more detail because it could be that. Just the simple sale of the company, um, you you could be owed severance from uh, from from your employer, and and that's another situation where where you could be let go without even realizing it. So let's look at that. Uh, let's drill down on that a bit. If you if this company is being sold, the buyer ceases to take you on. You do not have a job after the thing is sold. So now you get severance, obviously, because you never step foot for the new employer and what we'll call the new workplace. That severance is now owed by the seller. Yes. So it, it's it's going to depend. It's it's situation right. specific, and it'll it'll depend on how uh, the company sale was structured. So. Um, but generally speaking, I mean, absolutely. Uh, if that's the situation, uh, the, the the seller has taken over and they're they're not uh, taking you on, um, you are absolutely owed severance. It can get a little bit complicated in terms of who's on the hook to pay that severance, and so that's where it's it's really important to to get an employment lawyer involved because we can help you navigate that that scenario and ensure that whoever's on the hook to pay that severance is is indeed paying you your proper severance. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, oftentimes, I, and I have, I, I don't know why, I have a lot of these uh, these files coming across my desk, and it's funny because the empl- you know the purchasers, the purchaser and the seller, they like to play hot potato of uh, you know who's responsible mm-hmm. for uh, for paying these uh, these employees their severance, and and sometimes it it, it's, it can be very, it, it's a substantial severance. I have a lot of people who've been working for the seller for 30 plus years and and now all of a sudden they're in the situation where the company's sold and uh, and they're they're being left high and dry with uh, you know without a new job with the with the purchaser and um, they're not sure really what's going on in terms of their severance entitlements what we're talking about is ways to be let go without even realizing it. And this one's been uh, pretty, I guess the word is popular over the last couple of years too, and that is your employer won't accommodate medical restrictions. That's medical meaning by a doctor, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and I was we were discussing this a little bit at the beginning of, of the show. And um, if if you have medical restrictions and and you need th- that accommodation at work. I can't stress enough the um, importance of going to your doctor and getting that medical note. The power of a medical note is uh, I can't overstress it in employment law. Your um, your employer must um, accommodate any restrictions that uh, that your your doctor says uh, apply to you in, in the in the workplace. So 
you, you know, if you, if you've, um, I've had situations where the employer has been accommodating my, uh, my client's medical restrictions and then, uh, without a doctor's note and then all of a sudden they, they pull those accommodations. It's new management and the, and they pull those accommodations and, um, you know, it's a very simple solution. You just, you, you need to have that medical note from your doctor. The medical, medical note does not need to say what provided diagnosis. It does not need to say what your medical situation is. It really, um, really only needs to say, you know, for medical reasons, um, Mackenzie's unable to do X, lift yeah. fif over 50 pounds sure. or whatever. And so um, that medical note is so important. And if your employer, if you've provided that medical note and your employer is refusing to accommodate your medical restrictions, that is a constructive dismissal um, and, and likely also a human rights violation. Uh, and you absolutely should, you know, you should be reaching out and, um, uh, and we can discuss what your, what your, your situation and uh, we can go over it and you're entitled to your severance. And with that, we are done for the hour. Appreciate you calling in and sending along some emails. We do it all again next week and back in Monday as well by 630. But you want to reach out to Mackenzie now, you can do so. one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca and always that website too, right? Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We're done. Thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time right here on the Employment Law Show.